Here's the situation. You are approached by an idiosyncratic hundredaire who politely <laughs> invites you to join him on a stroll to his modest house. Upon arriving, he says, let's go sit in the backyard. I have some questions, if you don't mind. <laughs> I'm Rush Howell. I'm TJ Jagodowski. And this is uh, Here's the Situation, a real podcast uh, about hypothetical situations. And this week's theme, TJ, is you are here. Yes. You, uh, period, the initial R, period, uh, here. How did you spell here? I don't know. I put it down as H-E-A-R. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I've made a few mistakes. In <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so we're coming at you maybe slightly different uh audio quality hopefully not but uh we are in quarantine yeah this is podcasting in the time of corona right now man That's right so we are in shelter in place tj and i are adhering to the shelter in place as everybody should and uh taping or recording this over uh the zoom application yeah it's uh, all right it's did, really like did are, you read they, that uh gabriel garcia marquez book by the way podcasting in the time of corona yeah, no, I, oh. you know, I, I got like 20 pages. In. Oh, God. You, yeah, yeah. You have to fight through to the end. It's really it's it's worth it. It's worth every bit of it. I will say it. it's we are living in kind of a big here's the situation. Right <laughs> yeah. now. It's like it's like here's the situation. There's a deadly virus yeah. that uh, is ravaging the world over and you have to decide uh, how many lives you're willing to uh, allow to uh, to extinguish in order to avoid the utter destruction of your economy? That's the, there's, we're we're all going to be in a debate over that. I situation. think we were close to the situation with Earth too. Remember, would you sacrifice like one percent of the population or two percent of the population or something to move everybody to another Earth or what have you? It was right, something like right, that, right? right. Uh, although I, I don't think the the impending economic uh, yeah. problem. Which will be severe, no question, but I, I don't think they're as bad as the earth blowing up. But anyway, uh, hope, hopefully we have a little more clarity on that by the time uh, this comes out. But I'm going to put a marker down that we are probably still in quarantine when this comes out. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I'd be shocked if we weren't, my friend. Yeah. I, I mean, hopefully In fact, I'm, I'm still going to be quarantined even if, even if someone else says we don't need to be in the next... Isn't that, by the way, the interesting part about all the people now who are kind of like, well, wait a second. I mean, ought, ought we not just lift the quarantine because otherwise our economy will collapse? And I'm like, who, who's going to the restaurants? Yeah. TJ's. I can tell you that. You're, nope. you're not going to see TJ walking into Panera Bread <laughs> no. oh. like, hey, uh, the government said we're good to go. Um, I think the me- lieutenant governor of Texas basically said it was every grandparent's job to lay down their life for the sake of this economy, you know? No, as though that's such a straw man, right? Like, like if, if the trade is we can either have the lieutenant governor of Texas die and have a good economy or, or like the status quo, sure, yeah. I'm okay with him dying and us having a good economy. Yeah. But it's not, it's not as though we just snap our fingers and say, hey, we're back to it. And then everything just works out great. But look, you can go to other podcasts. And by the way, <laughs> this that. is three weeks late on this conversation or five <laughs> weeks late or whatever it is. So um, hope, hopefully the world's in a better place. Uh, you know, as, as we record this, I do have a little bit of cautious optimism. Italy has uh, apparently flattened out at, at least a little bit over the last three days. I think Italy's probably somewhere between like a eight and 12 day leading indicator of New York. And so uh, just, you know, 
hoping uh, for for the safety of our friends in New York because they are um, they're they're in a tough spot right now. Yeah, and now on to what we do: talk about bullshit. Yeah, here we go. Just none of a bullshit. <laughs> Although I am going to start it, TJ, with one. Uh, uh, it is related to you are here. Uh huh. Oh, just about all of mine have some un unintentional uh, tinge of of COVID nineteen effect uh, in in tiny little bits, but it's 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 baked in the batter right now. It hits one to two percent of all of us. Yeah. Uh, but so TJ, uh, here's the situation based on you are here because indeed. You are there, and I am here. <laughs> That's you right. Not to leave, which I don't think was the case when you came up with this topic, was it? No, it was not. So you were prescient, so maybe you willed this into existence. <laughs> um, but uh, what we're going to do, here's the situation. I want you mm-hmm. to uh, fill out, this go pretty quickly, a little quarantine bracket. And oh. what this is going to be is realistically... <laughs> I want to know what you're going to spend your time in the quarantine doing. And by the time we listen to this, we'll know whether or not you accurately predicted uh, who would win in this bracket. Okay. You got it. So this is not like hypothetical. This is what you actually expect you'll be spending more of your time doing. Okay. First one is reading fiction versus reading updates on coronavirus. Uh, reading updates on coronavirus. Uh, next up, and it's a 16, uh, team bracket. So okay. Start with the sweet. Start with the sweet. Uh, second up is listening to podcasts versus watching Netflix. Watching Netflix. Okay. Uh, third bracket here, um, doing Zoom or other hangouts mm-hmm. versus talking on the phone. So far, I'm trying to think because my therapy's been moved to Zoom. I FaceTimed. Uh, I guess for total actual time, Zoom. How are you finding the the Zoom experience so far in your in your quarantine? I mean, I don't I don't know the difference. I I didn't use Skype all that much. I I don't find it any all that different from FaceTime or Zoom. Do you mean literally like talking like Jetson style or not really? And yeah. Take take Zoom like Xerox or Q-tip, right? And yeah. The overall video conferencing um, has has it. Have you changed your views related to that at all, based on uh, the quarantine so far? Uh, a little bit. I mean, it's nice to see people's faces. The one time, the one thing that we have been able to do when other tragedies hit nationally, or you know, I can't think of anything globally like this, but was that we congregated, we got together. You know, post nine eleven, you got together, you talked to people, you worked on something, you did something together, and so the most soothing aspect of what we normally go to has been removed. So it is nice to see someone's face. I got to see Peter, our friend, Peter Collins had a, had a baby boy one month ago and I got to see him yesterday. You know, I haven't been able to meet him in person. So that was awful. Nice. It was nice to see him and his wife. So, um, yeah, I mean, out of, out of the, the necessity and, and need for human contact that we just can't have right now, it is nice to see people's people's faces, you know? Yeah, I've been doing like Zoom hangouts. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that's a term. That's a com- you know, uh, I'm mixing up uh, Google Hangouts and Zoom. But I've I've been meeting up with people on Zoom uh, probably four or five nights a week so far, uh, which I've you know that's been nice. Uh, and what we usually do is have some serious conversation, and then like play games or something. Yeah. And it's been kind of a nice mix. Um, 
All right, moving on in the bracket, uh, playing video games versus playing board games. Ooh, this is a, uh, somehow the matchup of 15 and 16 ended up together. Um, probably a board game. I got that new Ken Jennings um, trivia game that he made with the maker of Magic, The Gathering. Garfield. Yes, and I, I believe so. It was the Kickstarter one, and I, I played it with Beth, Beth and Beth's parents, so I guess it'll be board games. All right. I've sent you a package on the way that has a, a board game and a video game in it. Get the so hell out of here. You did? You're more likely to use it. <laughs> That's a 15 and 16 seed. Uh, now we're into the bottom half of the bracket. Okay. Uh, we have on the bottom cooking versus walking. Uh, so far, uh, it's cooking. I've been doing a lot of cooking, a lot of new okay. recipes. Just found a butternut squash and cornbread recipe today that I'm going to be trying out. All right. Cooking was a high C. We'll see how it yeah. goes. Um, next up is sitting around actually just flat out doing nothing versus reading nonfiction uh, books rather than uh, internet. Wow. Sitting around doing nothing is going to be tough to beat. Mm. That is a tough. That's a two seed? Uh, I, I, I had it as the six seed. Oh, but, boy. Uh, oh, boy. You caught a, you caught a hot mid-major right here, kid. That is... <laughs> Those are the Dayton Flyers right there. Look out. All right. Uh, so that wins. Uh, exercise. We're down to only two matchups left. Exercising, non-walking exercise. Yep. Uh, versus watching old sports or uh, other old TV. I've been doing – my workout schedule is un, has been unchanged because I usually do that in the garage or uh, or my bedroom. So I've been definitely exercising, non-walking exercising more than – more than uh, just about anything else. Good work. Uh, and then uh, finally, writing and creating. Uh, that's like versus watching live TV. Watching live TV. Okay. That's the 2C. We'll see how it holds up. Yep. All right. On to our uh, quarterfinals. We have reading updates on coronavirus versus watching Netflix. Watching Netflix. Uh, we have doing Zoom or other Hangouts versus playing board games. Zoom or other Hangouts. I'm guessing that might be the weakest section. That's, the- that's going down. That's going down to whoever it sees next. It's in big trouble when <laughs> it runs into Netflix. <laughs> uh, now, it sounds like this is like a colossal This is battle. rough. This is a big one. Actually, this is a quarterfinals where like Duke was a two seed for some reason and ended up in like you know, uh, Kentucky's bracket. This, these are like all contenders on this side and they all might lose to Netflix though. These yeah. are all contenders though. Uh, yeah. I, Netflix was the one that I had as the one seed, but uh, uh, we've got cooking versus sitting around and actually flat out doing nothing. Cooking will beat that. Okay, yep. good. Good to hear. You've not given in to despair. We'll see in a few weeks. <laughs> predictive this is not what you've done so far this is predicting the entire yeah. time we'll run this whole thing again week week six and we'll see see how we do you know other teams get hot you know like <laughs> early on like cooking's healthy right it's, it's great you know, it's about to have like it's about to have somebody sprain an ankle and then you're just hosed uh exercising versus watching live tv um I've been watching a lot of news, more than an hour, more than an hour a day. So I got to go watching live TV. Okay. All right. We're down into the final four. You're, the four things you've been doing, the, you think you'll be doing the most and probably that you have been doing the most. On the top, it is watching Netflix versus doing Zoom or other Hangouts. You're saying Netflix yep. for sure. 
And then we've got cooking versus watching live TV. More actual time spent uh, watching live TV. All right. So the finals. (laughs) Screen versus screen. Stream versus live. (laughs) Either way, you've had the TV on a bunch. (laughs) All day long. What is, uh, who wins, Netflix or live TV? There's more hours spent on MSNBC than there are on Netflix or some such. So live TV is, live TV is your winner. There you go. Wow. And you think that'll hold, is that, that's your anticipation, that'll hold for the duration of our, our lockdown? That's my guess. I don't know, I, I can't foresee too much changing unless the news just gets too bad or and our live tv are you saying if it's also like a law and order that's still live tv okay yeah uh yeah i think live tv because in general beth and i watch netflix at night together so that's like a two hour you know a couple episodes of of something but during the day the the live television on is is a constant background yeah yeah it may surprise you to know i have not turned on my tv not not for any like reason i'm not like trying not to but i've not turned on my tv during the quarantine so far is that right that does surprise me yeah. well the the old sports is just more depressing to me than than heartening um watching like the 2006 ncaa's just feels more sad to me than than not watching anything at all yeah. i mean and, and of course i should have mentioned like we did this bracket i, or I set up this bracket because it right now would be the NCAA tournament. Oh, it's my favorite. Absolute best. Everybody's favorite sporting event. Best. Uh, this is my favorite sporting time of the year because you go straight from the NCAA tournament into the Masters, which are both A++ events. Yep. Um, so, you know, we, we all have our sacrifices to make, but it has uh, not been fun. This, uh, this would be one of the days off in between, what, six, the, the 16? This would be the... We would be, yeah, we'd be down to the sweet 16. Yeah. And uh, everybody's, you know, a lot of people's brackets would be done, but everybody yep. would be hanging on to some hope. Yep. We yep. probably have one one seed already. Uh, Bouncer, you know, yeah. Nine. And, um, you know, it, and this year was, uh, there was going to be a lot of parody, but hey, yeah. Uh, it didn't happen, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but wanted to bring a little bracket just to, you know, absolutely. Is, to never have a bracket. I think it's gonna be tough for us to pry the concept of brackets back out of here now that we now that we found it. I, yeah, I've been mailing, I've been emailing you like fast food brackets, polar flavor brackets. Uh. <laughs> All right, Rush. Um, this one uh, is based off of here, H E A R, and here's the situation: You've been paired with an infinitely sized audiophile library to help you create a personal history of sounds. An intern walks in with a clipboard full of moments to ask you about so they can go through the library shelves and pull the proper sound to create this sort of memory pastiche for you. Cool? Okay. So she says, first of all, Rush, um, I, I want you to tell me in fifth grade, when you woke up in the morning, the first sound you would hear. If it's an alarm clock, then the second sound you would hear. Yeah, it certainly would be the alarm clock. Um I don't know. I, I don't want to go through this if I've done it on the podcast before. I don't think I have. But I had a remarkable, uh, comical, I would say, uh, morning ritual, which was I, I got a, I wasn't like great in the morning, but I was OK. And then we so my mom, uh, my mom sleep, slept and continued to sleep downstairs at my house. My mom has MS and has been, you know, hasn't gone up and downstairs for a long, long, long time. And even when I was a kid, she was just getting it. 
and was downstairs. My dad was upstairs and my dad worked, uh, long hours. Uh, he's a sports agent. I think I mentioned that before and he traveled a fair amount, but he just, he was working, you know, 60 plus hour weeks for most of my, my childhood, but he slept late. So he was kind of a, I think he left to his brothers. He'd get up around eight o'clock and then get his day going and, and, you know, work until 8 PM or whatever. So, uh, the first thing I would hear after the alarm clock would be my mom yelling up the stairs, (laughs) you know, for my brother to wake up. And then I would, and she'd be like, rush, right. Get up. And I'd be like, I'm up, you know, and my brother would not say anything. And then every morning it was like the same pattern. I had to listen. She would, she would come in, boys, uh, your cheese toast is almost ready. (laughs) And then, uh, nothing from my brother. And then it would be like, right. And then, and then she'd be like, right. 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 And then finally, uh, he would be like, I'm, I'm, I'm bit up (laughs) every time, you know, he's just out cold and, then uh, you know, we're getting ready and we didn't have like showers by the way. So we had that, we would go like with like cow licks and everything. We didn't upstairs shower. So we would just be like, get, get ready to go to school. And we would be getting ready. And then she would come up and start calling up again. And I'd be like, I'm, I'm basically ready. I'll be down in a minute. And then she'd be like, right. And he's just, he's back asleep. He's dead. <laughs> and, and then, uh, and then she would yell, right, right. And then finally my dad would just have had enough. And he'd be like, right, get out of your bed. And it would happen every morning. So then he would like thunder out of his room, furious that he's been woken up at, you know, 5.50 in the morning, 6.15 in the morning, whatever it was. Go in, start pounding on my brother's door. That would finally get my brother, like, get, get moving. And then I would head down for breakfast. So that was the that was the the first like eight to twelve minutes of every day in, for me in fifth grade. Your brother and I are cut from similar cloth, and they have all the all that sound. They're going to be able to pull it from the shelves. So you are you are all set. Um, Rush during a high school cross country race. What did you hear inside your head? Uh, you know, I had a breathing pattern uh, when I was running hard. And it was like, uh, there was a very specific kind of in and out, uh, breaths, um, that would form. So uh, I, I can remember the pattern. I don't run fast enough ever anymore to, to like need to do it, but I, I was very focused on my breathing. Um, so that's what I heard was like, uh, that repetition, um, that I would do, especially when, when it was going a little bit harder. Was and it different than just an in and out? Like, uh, as far as there was a mix to it, huh? It's like a mixture of longer and shorter breaths. Uh, you know, especially when you, when I was in like really starting to kick for that last, whatever would be quarter of a mile, uh, or what have you, but you know, and then maybe if I was going hard up a hill, I'd have to focus on that, that type of breathing. Um, but you know, most of the time you're just thinking, uh, you're trying to like, not focus on the pain and figure out like a little bit of strategy and pacing. I was always terrible though. I mean, I, I was uncoachable. Like I just, I always ran out too fast. Okay. Inevitably I would just shoot out to the lead in my, I think, I mean, I was very stubborn and I think my theory was a, I thought I was probably, you know, doing pretty well with it. So why don't, don't break it. If it ain't, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Secondly, I thought I would, um, you know, one day be able to hold that pace a little bit better. 
Uh, and then third, I just, um, you know, I, 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 I thought like if I slowed down earlier, I'd have trouble picking it up late because, you know, I always did anyway. So like I would run, you know, I'm trying to run, the dream was to run like a 16 minute 5k, which wasn't all that realistic. But so basically I want to run like five, 10 miles and I would, I would, I would often go out and, you know, that 510 and then, and then run like 510, 520, 545 would be like my splits or whatever. Um, that'd be a pretty good race by the way. But, uh, we've seen these horses at the track rush. That's, that's called early speed right there, man. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) And that's not like, that's not who I usually love to bet on. Although, You know, the insert, look, I mean, I won a lot of money on war emblem way back in the day. (laughs) We, Thought he would he would hold as the early speed. Brian Shortall was the uh, correctly predicted the war emblem off of uh, a total a total gas and uh, that's a good story. I'll tell it another time. How about uh, Rush? Uh, a teacher calls your name. What teacher's voice do you hear, and why? <sighs> you know, I, I guess I hear like this guy named Ken Feinberg who who was a law professor. Uh, and he, he was a visiting professor at, uh, Virginia. And so, so law school certainly would be because in law school, they employ what they call the Socratic method Okay, is, uh, uh, where the, the teacher comes in and just ask a bunch of questions rather than lecturing and via the questions and the answers, you're supposed to kind of figure out, uh, how it's supposed to work. And, and a lot of teachers more or less abandon or kind of minimally use that and ken feinberg who's the guy who did like the 9-11 victims fund and i've actually subsequently worked with him uh, a couple of times um but he he was uh you know he's kind of a big player in these uh mediations and and arbitrations and so forth but he was he this commanding presence terrifying really uh, and, uh, really, really, really thick accent, uh, kind of hunched over a little bit and just a ball of energy and he would come at you. And so, uh, in Ken Feinberg's class, you knew you were on call for one week and you were not on call the other weeks. And it was like, you prepped the hell out of getting ready for that because on call, like you were going to be asked a ton of questions all that week in class and then you might not be other weeks oh wow the way some teachers did it is you were just on call every day um more often than not it wasn't done that way like there would be some sort of pattern to it i one of my favorite stories from law school was my buddy dave hampton i've probably mentioned before uh one of the funniest guys i ever met uh so we were in tax class together and it was very clear (laughs) That that um, well, first of all, I, I I actually had a pretty good attendance record in law school, but in I skipped all, virtually every tax class. I just I don't know why I got behind in it, and uh, it, I don't know. I just I just skipped like forty tax classes out of sixty, which was probably more classes than I skipped the rest of law school combined. <laughs> but um, what? But she had a tendency to just to call straight down a line. So one day I'm walking through law school and I see my buddy Dave Hampton and he's walking with a computer that's in, in his books, like on top of his computer, but the computer's open. So the laptop is open and he's just dragging a plug behind it. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, uh, well, 
Professor Robinson started calling down our row, so I wasn't ready. So I just I just grabbed the plug out of the socket and walked out of the room rather than take it. So so people had different styles, but Feinberg basically said there. I think there were he he gave two lectures a week, and so for for that week for those two ninety minute lectures, I was on call, and I think there were like three other kids. So you were going to get called on for half an hour or something each of those days. It, it was pretty harrowing. So I, I still remember that. I really liked the class. It was mass torts, which I ended up kind of not going into uh, that style of practice, but it was a good class. And him calling you was Rush or Mr. Howell? Mr. Howell. Okay. Um, Rush, your toughest breakup. What song do you hear? Ooh, um, trying to remember. I know my toughest breakup. Um, I was dry. I don't remember the exact song, uh, but I was driving. I was driving back home like that night, uh, and and just really, I like was overcome by. I don't really. Very rare that I like cry, um, and I don't know that I even cried for very long or anything. But I just remember being like you know, that, that feeling you only get every so often, but it's just like a uh, feeling of just like you're overwhelmed, right? You're just crushed by like sadness. And I think it was, um, I think it was sun kill moon. And I believe it was uh, called carry on Ohio was the song. Okay. Which is a sad song already. It's actually a very good song. Um, that I haven't listened to much since that because I associate it with the, with the breakup. But I, I don't remember if that was the song or if it was a different song. But I, I, I remember one very specific moment. Uh, it took me forever to get over that that one, by the way. But but I uh, way longer than it should have. But but I I only had like really acute pain during that that moment, and I think that was the song that was on in the car. But I remember like being like, should I pull over? This is probably not totally safe. I'm gonna look that up. I'm unfamiliar with that uh, with that jam. Um, la- I'll, I'll check it out. Last one for you, buddy. Um, if you can recall a great piece of news you told someone about, whatever that great piece of news was, whose voice do you hear, or voice or two do you hear saying to you, uh, "Congratulations, man," or "That's great. Um, I'm happy for you. I'm proud of you." Uh, I called my dad right after I I, I made. Uh partner at my law firm which sticks out in my mind because that's the thing that i worked the hardest on most recently and and uh that was a good call to make yeah that was a fun like two or three days for sure um you know because you don't want to you know like self-congratulation is uh is dangerous right i hear that's something you really (laughs) want to engage in very often but i think every now and then you have to be like well that was good you know and uh and I remember calling him, you know, I, I got the call, uh, called him immediately. And then I called all the partners who had been really instrumental in getting me across the finish line, uh, or not just across the finish line, but in developing my career. So kind of all of those blend together, but definitely it was, it was my, uh, my dad. And then I talked to my mom and then, uh, and then I talked to all those partners. That's great. They're going to go pull that sound for you, buddy, and start putting together this memory archive. All right. Sounds good. I think it's uh, 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 maybe Carry Me, Ohio. Carry Me? Okay. 
And it was what? Sun Kill Moon? Yeah, Sun Kill Moon. Okay. Right. They've, they've got some good tunes. Uh, again, I don't, you know, I don't, I, I can't really remember music. And I know I'm, I'm you know, famously uh, bad at music on this podcast. I do, I do enjoy listening to music quite a bit. Sun Kill just, Moon sounds like a, a cult leader. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> I don't know, Woody Allen's wife. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right. I like that one. Um, we are still on You Are Here. Yes, sir. Okay, so this one is uh, from friend of the podcast, uh, Joe Kelly. Hey, Joe. Uh, uh, Joe presented this as a poll on the All Sports Fantasy League, and I was like, you know what? This actually fits right in with, uh, with, our, with, with our theme, at least I thought so, uh, for this week. So um, here's the situation. You have uh, access... Uh, to a holodeck, like a Star Trek-esque holodeck. All right. Uh, you are otherwise confined to a, uh, uh, you know, a, a particular location, and so this is your means of escape and uh, coming out of your body, and, and you get to um, uh, go and, and, and join into whatever these kind of adventures are. Right, and there's no like risk of death while you're doing this. Instead, you are basically as a hologram, almost in a VR type awesome. capacity, uh, participating in these things. So I just want you to rank these um, from top to bottom and want to hear a little bit as to why. You okay. Like How many are there, Rush? Uh, Eight. Okay. Just want to leave myself enough room on my paper here. I am ready, buddy. Uh, one is you are the captain of a pirate ship. Sailing aboard the seven seas. All right. Uh, not sailing, sailing aboard the seven seas, sailing across the seven seas. Uh, secondly, you have your own island where you live in a castle and you hunt humans. Okay. Uh, next up is you are a player of good to very good, but not a superstar uh, in the NBA. All you right. Habit that body and participate in those games. That's awesome. Number four is you are a uh, superhero, not a fictional superhero, but an actual superhero. Pick which one it is. Anyone from the DC or Marvel uh, universe is fine, but you're also welcome to pick somebody else if you like. Number five, you are Sherlock Holmes or somebody similar who Ooh. is out solving uh, mysteries with intrigue and danger along the way. Number six, you are uh, a... a a participant in uh, like an old West uh, town, old West saloon type environment, pick whatever you want. You can be a gunslinger. You can be the sheriff. You can be the bartender. You can be the piano player, whatever you want, but uh, pick you're in a spot in the old West. All right. Uh, number seven, you're a new student at Hogwarts uh, getting ready to do as many as uh, seven years or as few as one, whatever you want to do within there. Um, but you're a new student at Hogwarts getting to experience that. And number eight, you are a Game of Thrones character. You can pick whichever one you want. Okay. So. Again, thank you, Joe Kelly. That's from, from Joe. Who would I? Hmm. Okay. Then we'll go with that. Probably that. I think we're going to go. Oh, yeah. Do them in reverse order. That. Reverse? Okay. Um. Uh, 
I'm almost it. Give me just one sec. That's that. That'll probably be that. I did change a, a couple. One, he, he had it be a baseball player instead of NBA, and I was like, "Wow, well, you know, TJ loves baseball." Yeah, so. that would uh, that would that would solve a that would solve right where I am right now. Um, make it a little little different for you there. All right, I'm ready, buddy. All right, hit me with number eight. Number eight, Island Castle hunting humans. Okay. And, and no interest in that. Think I might like the castle? Don't want to hunt no humans. Okay. Well, they're not real humans. I mean, they're... I hear you, but I, I don't. I don't even want to dabble in it. You prefer the uh, what, what? What did you call him? The hundredaire? What is he? <laughs> yeah, the what, idiosyncratic hundredaire. Is that what it? As opposed to the eccentric, <laughs> the eccentric billionaire is, by the way, taking that island uh, hunting humans <laughs> immediately. Feels like that'd be the first guy I'd run into. And, you know, if, if hey, if he was the if he was the the prey maybe i changed my mind but i i don't know i will say uh one thing i've done a little bit during the quarantine is uh i've dusted off my plans for the most dangerous board game uh which is a game i was working on trying to invent uh uh, based on the public uh use uh short story the most dangerous game which is a great short story if anybody hasn't read it i love Um, it uh so anyway maybe by the end of uh, coronavirus i will have been a big uh you ready for number seven Absolutely. Old West doesn't really doesn't really tickle me too much. I'm with you. I, that would probably have been last or near last for me. As well. Yeah. Um, next is the captain of the pirate ship. I, I I think even virtually I would get seasick. And the reason that's not that's not lower is that like treasure and stuff is still pretty pretty exciting. But if if there's any amount of reality to it, these guys' lives were not pleasant. Yeah. And and. Uh... Have you ever done much? You've done a little VR at my house once or twice. I got sick three minutes after I put it on, and it was in a stationary room where all we had to do was defuse bombs, and I was getting sick. I I did get I was okay with that one, but I did get pretty uh, equilibrium started getting messed with uh, on a few that I did where you had to move. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, this VR system is better than that, but that's that's a legitimate concern. Uh, Number five, and I, I if you had. Shown me all these, and and I would have thought this actually would have been higher, but given the strength of some of the other ones and such, um, it's not. Um, Sherlock Holmes is number five for me. Okay. I love the idea of solving a mystery, but I think his actual life was a little more tortured, you know, depending on the version you watch that of like even the the cumberbatch uh version it didn't look necessarily like a pleasant life it looked like a, a compulsive existence that he couldn't quiet his mind and and uh that 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 doesn't seem all that pleasant uh yeah that i yeah i think that would be higher for me but i it is true that um yeah i don't know like i'm probably i'm probably underrating the downsides to it but uh i think uh, you don't have to probably do the heroin. Maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe in VR, heroin pretty good. But I don't think I'd even want to do heroin in VR, right? Because you don't want it to be like, that was great. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, now, I, I'm certain about my number one. These, This one, actually, I'm pretty sure of. Two and three, I, I could probably flip-flop. But number four would be an NBA player. Okay. I, that'd be awesome to be, you know, running... You know, being able to run at a speed that a real athlete runs and jump the way a real athlete jumps and and uh, be a part of a team sport and competitive and get a good sweat on all that sounds pretty pretty pleasant. If it was yeah. baseball, it'd be higher. It would. Okay. Yep. Where 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 would baseball have fallen? 
my guess is two. Okay. Yep. All right. So number four and number three, I, I'm very surprised that one, two of them make, I'm not surprised at all. One of them, I'm very surprised, but uh, that it's this high. Yeah, that it's this high. What's your number three? Game of Thrones. That's when I was very surprised. And the, the most difficult part is like, I like that world. I love the world of fantasy. Picking out who you want to be in this world is a rough one because no one gets out clean in this thing. Yeah. And you're in constant fear. And it's like, I mean, it is bloody and rough. Yeah. And I'm probably going to pick Arya is my guess. Ooh, wait, uh, man, you got to go through a lot of rough stuff. Yes, like. for sure. For sure. Um, and she ends up hunting humans. But for some reason, it's more palatable than a lot of the stuff Jon Snow had to go through a lot. Unless I just pick the dragon, I can just be... <laughs> Hunt the humans, get your own island. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to do it in the loneliness of my own island. I want to do it amongst people in a in a... Basically, an island, right? I want to do it in the slums of a fantasy world, not in some pa- pa- uh, paradisical uh, island setting. Um, number two is superhero. Don't really care who. I just want to fly. Okay. So I'd pick anyone who could fly. Probably just I don't want to say Superman because it feels lame, but just give me anybody who can fly without without uh, equipment, and I'll I'll take it. Probably hard to pass on Superman. I mean, that's that's like that's like easy mode on a video game i guess is the one downside to it but yeah it's, uh, and also i i wouldn't dress like that if i could find a way around it even just ditch the cape uh, i don't think we need any of this and if i could just fly in street clothes then i'm gonna fly in street clothes okay and I then was, who, who's a, who's a street clothes flying I, I don't know if there is one i can't think of anyone who just uh, heads out and heads out in his at home duds <laughs> I've never found being Spider-Man to be at all attractive. Like I've never thought it would be fun. First of all, I don't get how it works. Like the physics of he's shooting and he's catching that building. And this, uh, that, that has always stressed me out from the time I was like four years old and first saw Spider-Man. I was like, where, how is it attaching to the buildings? How is he not ever falling? Yeah. And climbing up the side of a building, I guess is all right, but it doesn't, it's not, it's not saucy enough. Not sexy enough to draw me. Uh, And number one would be to be a new student at Hogwarts. Uh, that would be pretty fun. The the I I didn't re, I didn't like academia um, for the most part, but when I was engaged in a class where the subject matter was really intriguing to me, I was fully engaged and couldn't wait to like read more about it and try it and practice it and all that kind of stuff. So, and I think even though I know Harry, you know, had some subjects that weren't all that appealing to him, I think for a muggle like myself, the idea of um, you know, herb, herbal, or you know, whatever the class was, herbology or whatever, would still be very intriguing to me. I think any of this would be engaging all the time. And then to live in a dorm with other people who were really engaged in it, it seems like that would be awful exciting. All that would be fun. Plus, it just brings back fantasy of like, you know, returning to school. Like, you know, that's kind of. Yeah. I have like recurring dreams where I'm back in school. Sometimes they're positive, sometimes they're negative, but it obviously has like a big occupies a large part of my headspace, right? Since uh dream about it a fair amount. But you, uh, what offhand were your bottom and your top? Uh well I, so my bottom was um uh was Old West and uh Game of Thrones was right down there for me too. Okay. I just felt like I'd be fighting and so basically I didn't want to be in one where I was constantly like thinking about killing. Yeah. Uh, 
And then the top, I think, was Hogwarts for me, but it was, I really liked Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I was, uh, those were the two I was thinking about when I, when I voted. If, if I could have determined my own holodeck stuff, uh, what my own setting, it, it would have been like places that are, um, where there are animals where it's normally dangerous, like the jungle or the African savanna or whatever. I would just like, if I could just walk the Amazonian rainforest without fear of getting bit or stung or, or or whatever and just like look around that would be that would be great i would i would do that in a sec yeah i think uh but as you were talking about hogwarts it started making me like maybe move sherlock holmes to the top because i was like i would hate potions class (laughs) i wasn't very good at chemistry like i liked the part where you were balancing the equations but then when you actually had to do the titration like i i mean i can't draw i'm not good at art i'm not uh i'm not you know, good at like balancing just the right amount of uh, potions. You can't cook. Like all those yeah. things are kind of, potions. I was going to say, I love to bake and that's basically potions class. Yeah, you would have, you <laughs> kill it. In potions class. Kill it. All I right. Like- you ready rush? Yeah, man. So this is based off of UR. So I, it was U period, R period. So I just kind of put that into a Google search and kind of saw what came up. And one of the things was, um, you are a QT that like that stupid little abbreviation. So here's the situation, Rush. You are contacted by the Division of New Texting Abbreviations. They're really settled firmly on some letters they want to use, but they have not determined about what they stand for yet. So you are tasked with determining the words they will represent so they can be reasonably useful for the texting public. Okay. These are acronyms or or abbreviations? Acronyms or abbreviations. I I couldn't... I couldn't tell which one they were normally called, but they were called text. I, when I looked them up, I think they said they were called texting abbreviations. But yeah, acronyms uh, yeah. is is also accurate. You ready? Yes, sir. The first one is RPA. And apologize to the listening audience. There's work going on in the alley. So if you hear a uh, Cirque saw running, there's a, there's a man cutting lumber. Ah, it went away. Uh, RPA, Rush. Uh... Boy, this is going to be a little tricky. Um, I'm going to say uh, role-playing advocate. Okay, great, great. So you put that in like your um, your online dating uh, online dating profile. Yeah, you're like, look, nice. I'm an RPA. Looking you for know, another RPA. You need to know that in advance. <laughs> Looking for a, a Zoom a Zoom hangout uh, with another RPA. Uh. Great, yeah. All uh, right. Yeah. That's RPA. Uh, how about ISW? Um, okay. ISW. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I don't know, man. I'm going to say insecure whitey. Okay, great. I like it. I like it. Most, most users turn out to be just dating profile ones. Well, that, that's a, you know, pejorative. Gotcha. Oh yeah. Actually that could be on Twitter when it's, you know, like you just, they, they just throw someone's comment and then this is the response. All right. Insecure whitey. You got your ISWs. They're always going to come out and be all worried about, you know, uh, blah 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 you know yeah i hear you how about ttnp uh i think that's got to be like uh ta-ta no problem and what oh, that is great. is um 
you know, like somebody's like, Hey, I got to, uh, I got to drop, I got to call or, or, Hey, we got to pick this up later. It's just TT and P man. You know? Don't worry about it. We'll catch up later. How does that one not exist? That's, per- that's perfect. That's the, uh, that's the like, whatever, like goodbye for now or whatever. That's this, this is the obvious replacement. Tata, no problem. Tata, no problem. How about GDIF? I mean, I, it's hard not to immediately think, God damn, it's Friday. <laughs> All right, let's do it. It's, like, it's, it's going to be like a trending hashtag for people that work on weekends. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, no, no, I hate TGIF. <laughs> GDIF. I'm just heading into my week for a week. <laughs> and last one, S-I-Y-D. Uh, uh, I don't know. Um, sucks if you don't, you know. Sucks if it's almost. <laughs> sucks if, yeah, I had Sports Illustrated withdrawal. <laughs> oh no, S I Y D. Oh, Y D. Yep, S I Y D. All right, that's funny. That I wonder why I wrote W. Um, I'd say, uh, who, uh, speak if you dare. Oh, nice. So it's like, it's a spot where like, there's somebody like hangs some comment out there and you're like, Ooh, boy, oh boy. Oh yeah. Leave this one alone. That's just an S I Y D. It's a third rail. Yeah. Speak if you dare. <laughs> All right. Good job, kid. You're off the hook. Good, good. All right. Uh, TJ, um, thinking about initials. Yes. Uh, uh, one thing, so my, my name, Rush, that those are my initials, yep. R-U-S-H, and people constantly uh, incorrectly think my U uh, stands for Ulysses. Like, I don't know why, hmm. uh, but people guess that. I would say if you're like, hey, guess, they're like, oh, I want to guess, and I don't know why people want to guess, but they often do. They're like, I'd like to guess what Rush stands for, and uh, Ulysses is an incorrect guess over well over 50% of the time. And so um, I was trying to think of, like, Common mistakes that people make because that's a common one for me. So this is a little bit of a long putt here to get to where I'm going. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I, I did some internet searching for common mistakes and and um, kind of uh, found some stuff I like, but not enough. But then I I got down a rabbit hole of <laughs> animal facts versus myths. Okay. <laughs> I, I like this. So here's the situation: you're brought on to. Uh, an animal, uh, an animal fact game show where it's fact versus myth. All right. And I don't know which of these things are true, and which of these things are not true. Not tr- okay. Fact versus myth about animals, and some of them. I promise you, there's at least one fact and at least one myth in here. Okay. 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 Uh, TJ, fact or myth? Bulls get angry at the color red. Myth. Correct. <laughs> Bulls get, uh, they, they're partially colorblind, uh, and instead it's the Matador's actions. I was going to say, yeah, they get mad at an asshole waving a thing in his face, you know? Correct. Uh, all right, TJ, fact or myth? Uh, the common housefly has a lifespan of 24 hours. Myth. Longer or shorter in your view? Longer. You are correct. You're all over it. <laughs> Houseflies uh, do have a very short lifespan but uh, often as long as a month whereas mayflies mayflies yeah are somewhere between 5 and 24 hours so they really got to got to get a carpe diem during their time 
Uh, TJ, fact or myth? A snail can sleep for up to three years straight. Sure, baby. Fact. That is indeed a fact. <laughs> Snails are able to do that. All right. Ooh. So round one, you're three for three. You're like <laughs> moving around two. You're killing it. Uh, fact or myth, TJ? Goldfish have a three to seven second memory. Uh, I think that's a myth. I think they have a longer one. That's true. Uh, it is common misconception that goldfish have a three to seven second memory. They are able to retain certain information for up to months. Yeah, some catfish can remember voices of someone that fed them a long time ago. Yeah, this is goldfish though. They're they, that's not, they're not in the same in the in the carp. They're in the carp family. Yeah, I mean, but the catfish went to the Harvard of uh, yeah. fish. School. Also, just a big ass carp though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, factor myth, TJ. Uh, kangaroos can't fart. Hmm, interesting. I have no way to go on this. Um, I'm going to say those poor things can't, and it leads to some uh, some sort of dietary uh, restrictions that it takes upon itself. going to give you half credit. Half okay. credit. It was long considered a fact, but has recently been deemed a myth. Okay. In as much as uh, there were studies that showed that kangaroos uh, weren't producing methane, and so the, the view was that they oh. weren't able to process uh, gas in the same way that a lot of other creatures did. However, they have found that they release gas through other mechanisms and indeed fart almost as much as cows. But not methane? Yeah. Okay, they fart a different gas. I believe so. Oh, okay. farts are less... Uh, Methane-y? Okay. <laughs> they can fart, but uh, long thought that they could. Um, fact or myth, TJ? Uh, well, you've done great, so I'm going to put you into the final round. Here. Okay. I'm going to give you one fact... One myth and one thing that is believed to be a fact but is not substantiated. Ooh, okay. All right. right? So one of these things is true. One of these things is false. And one of these things is... Just the best guess. Might be true, but we don't know for sure. Okay. Okay? First, elephants cannot jump. Second, <clears throat> sharks cannot get cancer. Third... 3% of ice in Antarctica is actually frozen penguin urine. Okay. Um, the fact is elephants can't jump. The myth is 3% of, of ice. Best guess is sharks can't get cancer. Not quite, my friend. Ah. Not quite. You are correct. That ele- you, you are an animal expert. I will give it to you. You did very well. But elephants can't jump. Nope. That's right. Uh, sharks can get cancer, but they are less likely to get cancer than, than, uh, they do have certain, uh, antibodies that make cancer far less likely in sharks, but they can get it. And, uh, it is actually believed to be true, but there's certainly no substantiation that 3% of Antarctic ice is, is indeed penguin urine. That was, that was great. I, I, I might be better on this. I just bought a book. Uh, it's right behind me called The Truth About Animals that I have not read yet, but that I hear is fascinating. And I think it delves into um, not necessarily myths or whatever, but gets you kind of behind the curtain of what these animals are really like, you know? All right. I love it. And let me know, because I'm sure I'm wrong on several of those things. (laughs) I mean, they said kangaroos can't fart. Now they say they can. You know, who who can say what's back? I read The Secret Life of Lobsters, I think is what that was called. There might not, or maybe it's The Secret Life of Bees, but everything you want to know about lobsters after a summer in Maine working up working up there in Bar Harbor. And lobsters are, are fascinating as well. I think part of the courtship might be urinating in each other's faces. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 They're like humans in that regard. Yeah. Maybe. A, I'm sorry. That was, it was everything you want to know about humans. 
The uh, last year I was at uh, the at an L stop and I was just wandering. I had like six, seven minutes before the train. So I was just wandering back and forth on a platform. And for whatever reason, at the the moment I, I looked at the map and for whatever reason, it felt profound, even though I've seen it a hundred times in a hundred places to look at the little dot on the map that said, you are here. It felt like it was a message of like, oh, yeah, you know what? That is true. I am here. And so um, since then, when I, if I see a map somewhere in a mall or whatever, I'll just take a picture of the little dot as a re, like with the words reminding myself that like you are here. And and maybe I think it could have coincided with a time when I was thinking about moving, moving away from Chicago and and how invested do I want to be in this town anymore when I half, you know, I got like half a foot kind of going in another direction. But it was like, hey, for right now, man, and until, you know, until otherwise you are here. So you may as well do something here. So my, uh, my question rush, and here's the situation. Can you recall a time when you thought or felt I am here and you could not have been happier and a time when you just felt so totally screwed? Oh yeah. Okay. Sure. Both. Um, and it's funny. I had, I had one that I won't do, which was going to be, um, you, you wake up and you find yourself in a mall. Uh huh. You are here, but you realize the mall, like the stores, uh, are reflecting uh, your past, present, and future. Uh-huh. You know what stores were kind of behind you, what were the current stores that were all around you, and what were the stores uh, on your way out of the mall. Hey, you know so, what? Wild Pear and Orange Julius are, are in my rear view, and I hope they still lay ahead of me as well. You know? Okay. <laughs> I was interested as what the last stores would be on your, on your way out the mall. Um, all right. So I got to, I got to name a, a time where I felt like, uh, you are very, here and you couldn't have been more thrilled and you are here and God, am I screwed? And you can do them in either order, you know, whichever you like. Yeah. Uh, I remember, I remember a time I was so behind on a project at work that I was just, uh, tossing and turning this happened a little bit more when I was like a, a young associate. I, I don't know why. I mean, I've, it's, it, it, I think maybe if you can't like figure out how to handle that sort of stress, you just can't stay with it. <laughs> but I remember, I just remember it, I was living on uh, Clark street and it was uh, like a cold night outside and I was tossing and turning and uh and just like panicked really basically that I wasn't going to get this work done. And, and there was a snowstorm occurring and, and where I lived was like kind of at one of these triangular corners where it was a bit of a wind tunnel and the snow, uh, somehow was powerful enough that it, um, it, it started like coming in through like cracks in the window and just like <laughs> starting to fill up <laughs> Uh, part of the room that I was in. <laughs> so it was very cold. And I just remember thinking like, there's nothing good about my life right now. Like it's the middle of winter in Chicago. My room is like literally being covered in snow. Uh, and it's probably 55 degrees in here. It's two in the morning. And I just got up and like went to work at, on, on basically an hour of sleep. And just in total misery. I, I, I recall that just being a very, a very bad moment where I was like, why am I doing anything that I'm doing? Why do I live where I live? Why do I work where I work? 
why do I, you know, it's just a, a low moment, which I, uh, uh, you, you know, I think, I think if I'd had too many more like that, I was probably a second or third year associate then then I, I, I would have been probably gone and, and maybe living in a different city as well now. Sounds but, like a dream sequence. The uh, young, uh, you know, uh, not disgruntled, but young, like uncertain, uh, uncertain at your new profession. <laughs> you look around the room and it's filling with snow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, it was brutal. <laughs> brutal. Um... Ah, I think one of like one one moment that I always kind of remember is just like a just a great a great like everything was kind of coming together in a good way was um, I was a second year in law school and we we were already like like second like your first year is so important because like that's when your grades are meaningful for where you're gonna apply to work and everything but when you come back like I think I've mentioned this before but a lot of my favorite times in my entire life are the like, or we're in both college and law school when you would come back a little early before there's classes. And in and, and college, I would do plays. And so we would start rehearsal maybe two weeks before the other students got there. So you just had this like idyllic time uh, where you were, you know, you don't have to worry about really anything other than like, you know, a few hours a day of rehearsal. And it, it was always like my friends too. I mean, it was yeah. just great. And you'd come back. And I remember my junior year, I did a play called Julius Caesar, where I played Julius Caesar, which is not the greatest role in Julius Caesar, but, uh, but the it's guy, pretty and, meaty. And, well, I don't know. You get killed pretty early. Spoiler, spoiler alert. I mean, the titular role though, my friend. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't like my favorite role that I ever had, but uh, I didn't know the director before before we started. Is a guy named John Smeltzer, who uh, was was one of those terrific guys I've talked about. Where you can, uh, you know, I, w- I I don't see John for ten years, and then our next conversation is like we're picking up from you know a minute before. Uh, so I became great friends with him and, and all those people, and it was a ton of fun. And, and then in, in law school, it wasn't quite as good doing that, but we, I did come back a little early. Uh, and made all my buddies um, go with me on a Winnebago trip, which is something I had done in college too. And we did a Winnebago trip from Charlottesville, Virginia, up to Atlantic City. So, like, that's just a you are here moment. It, it's like so many metaphors because, like, the journey is as fun as the destination right. because you're actually like you're drinking a lot in the back of a Winnebago. It's not fun for the guy who has the second shift driving <laughs> on the way up there. Like, you got to draw the short straw to get that one. Because obviously you can't drink, and then you gotta you gotta drive everybody during while they're drunk. But it's like super fun trip up there, and then you get there, and it's Atlantic City, and that's fun. And we went, and I had so that was amazing. I mean, that was probably still the most fun part. But I was a law student; I didn't have a ton of money, but I had a little bit because I had worked the summer before. And we went gambling, and I won everything I could win just <laughs> all, all weekend. Like I played a poker tournament; I got third place for I think fifty five hundred dollars. Um, I played craps and won like $2,000. I mean, it was far, by far and away, probably at that point in time, six X larger than anything I'd ever won in a gambling trip. And I remember like walking through the casino, my friend, Jamie had was like, let's just throw a number on roulette. And he walks over and he, he's getting ready to put one down. And I was like, dude, we're going on my number. Like I can't miss right now. <laughs> so we put uh, a fair, you know, not, not something huge, but we put more money than you normally would on on black 31 and it hit and so 
that was just on the way out of the casino. We each picked up another like thousand bucks or whatever. Oh my God. Get into Winnebago. So that whole trip was, uh, was a moment where I, I just, I was like, my life is good right now. I'm enjoying every moment of it. Uh, that's man. I hope everyone has that day one time. Oh man. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't lose. Couldn't lose. All right. Uh, TJ, I want to bring back an old one that we did a long, long time ago. All right. Uh, but here's the situation. You're working at a publishing company where you are, uh, you have to help out people to assign pen names. Oh, right. Or different genres that they write. I mean, you are here just struck me, I guess, as a little bit of a standing <laughs> name, I guess, is why I, I thought of it. But yeah, like D.H. Lawrence or T.S. Eliot, you are here. There's a lot that are like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I want you to, uh, uh, we're going to do some reverse ones okay uh, so before and we're gonna do some both ways so before you would get an author they had a great product but they had a name that you just didn't think would sell that well and you're the guy they bring in to be like tj uh you got to figure out the right name to mix with this type of author that's going to get them coming off the shelves then uh unfortunately they're also a backlog of a few pen names that you need to assign (laughs) a type a genre uh, for them as well great because Fortunately, they already bought like a lot of IP for their <laughs> names, so they got to get them used if possible. Okay, can do. Which which one do you want to do first? The ones where I give you the name, or the ones where I give you the genre first? Give me the genre, and uh, and then we'll yeah, then we'll do them the uh, vice versa afterwards. Terrific. Okay, so you you've got a woman, and she what she writes. This is just these are crackers. These are terrific. You know. But uh, her name doesn't quite work out, so they need you to come up with a name. She writes slightly naughty children's books, like a series of them, that are certainly okay for children to read, but they're full of like double entendres that are fun for the children, but they mean something a little different for the parents. Some of them are kind of dirty. Some of them are political in nature. Some of them are uh, you know, social commentary. So she's really – it's pretty impressive. She's writing a book that's, that's working on two different levels. What's her name? Exo Loveland. <laughs> I love it. Exo Loveland. Now, is that just XO? Yeah. Or is it EXO? Yeah. All right. She's killing it. Because, you know, Loveland. it looks like kisses and hugs, you know, like, but a kid wouldn't pick up on that, you know, like uh, a little Exo Loveland. Yeah. And then, like, Loveland is a thing that could be, I mean, you really, uh, I love it. Kid wouldn't that, think twice about it. It's like she wrote her own name. <laughs> Like she wrote her own name. That's, that's well done. Okay. Uh, there's a there's a, a male author that you've got, and he writes horror stories focused around the whims of one kind of omnipotent cosmic horror uh, type type bad guy. And then that, and not even necessarily a bad guy, but that's just the the driving force. And then it utilizes all sorts of uh, of whims and tricks and horrors that that lead to a long series of books. So uh, you know. Uh, kind of Lovecraftian in a way type right. of horror, but but also there's a bit of a humor and there's a lot of repetition uh, in terms of the the themes that are used in this this horror author. Who is it? It's I'm I'm looking for the second syllable of the last name. Give me one sec. Brim far, brim, brim. Hmm. His first name's Keel. The first syllable of the last name is Brim, and I'm just coming up with how Brim ends K 
Keel Brim. How do you spell Keel? K-I-E-L. Okay. There's enough letters in there that it looks like kill and evil and, you know, will give you give you kind of a dark feel. Brim, I want to lean towards brimstone, but I don't want to go all the way there. But I can't, I don't want to soften it with the second syllable, like a brimley, you know, like you can't, I can't do that. Add keel brimlinger. Brimlinger. Soft, it seems softer than what you want. Yeah, it's it's got a it's got to feel like you're at the edge of a cliff by the end of the name keel brimish but no like all of that is brims brimsborn there it is keel brimsborn brimsborn oh yeah. yeah okay yeah that's good that's a lot better than brimlinger that's why it's your job and not mine <laughs> uh, all right uh, now there's a uh, there's another author who writes mysteries. Uh, that are that are solved by a protagonist who is an overweight teen. Okay, yeah. So this this author, uh, what they do is they write these mysteries. Uh, there's like a bunch of them. They're kind of uh, a young adult, but some adults read them as well. Uh, protagonist, overweight teen. Bartholomew Curd. <laughs> right. Have you read the latest Bartholomew Curd? <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. All right. Uh, and if he doesn't so, use it for the author's name, they can use it for the main character's name. <laughs> I like that idea. You layer that in there that they're like, these are the stories from my childhood where I solved all these mysteries. <laughs> Me, then, Bartholomew Curd. It's all false, but uh, they write well enough. You know, oh, hold on. Let's definitely do that. All right. So here, here I'm going to give you three names, and I want to know what, what the genre is that we're going to. And again, we bought up like all sorts of IP. We bought the website for these people. We bought uh, book jackets, you know, with, with them already in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who is You Are Here? What is You Are Here writing? Um, they're um, they're uh, cheeky travel guides. Ooh. Yeah. So instead of like, you know, um, if if you go to Rome, it's not here's the part. You know, here's the Parthenon. Here's the the ruins. Here's the Forum. It's like here's the red light district. Here's a like they give you restaurants to avoid. Okay. You know, don't tell you necessarily where the good ones are, but definitely don't eat at these places. So it's kind of a, like a cheeky travel travel guide. Nice, nice. Uh, with enough, you know, enough crumbs of some good advice. That, yeah. That people- uh, all right, uh, Jackson Peyote. Jackson Peyote. Oh man, it's a shame because it's it's like uh, they're like knockoff Hunter S. Thompson style oh. books. It's you know like if there was a Fear and Loathing in Salt Lake City, it'd be kind of <laughs> like like that. But you can tell he hasn't done any of the stuff that he's like you know uh, I was you know I was so whacked out on whatever kratom or you know like or you know like. I was, I was, I'd smoked a pound of opium, you know, like it's, it's all bullshit, but he does he means it to sound real. They're just, they're not, it's not very good stuff. Yeah. So you're like, we've got this one author. I want to just bury him a little bit. Yeah. Jackson Peyote, it's, it works, but he's not going to sell yeah. well. And with Ralph Steadman knockoff illustrations and stuff, it's, it's a pretty, pretty unfortunate series of books. Uh, finally, um, uh, one we really are hoping we can sell a lot of books with. So okay. I don't know what we're going to do, but we we bought this name. We we spent over a hundred thousand dollars cultivating Ooh. this name. It's Christine Powers. What oh, can she sure. write for us? Um. All right. Well, I'll tell you about the main character. 
Um, she's an oversexed detective um, with with an appetite for crime and man or lady. Cool. Um, she's really good at what she does, and I mean that uh, all encompassingly. Um, and all of the books are named with they play off the like powers, like exponential powers. So all the books have like a math nod to it, like you know, death by division or, you know, like exponential danger or, you know, like square root of murder. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Good. So, oh, oh and you are going to sell some books. What? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Christine Powers. What, who oh. is the protagonist? Uh, the oversexed uh, detective who, who swings both ways. Yeah. Let me come up with the right name. First name is Laney. Um, Laney. The, wait, I need a hard. I need a hard vowel. Um, I don't want uh, like a Roth Laney. But I want it. I don't want it. I want a hard sound, but not an unpleasant sound. I want something almost the line of like rocks, but not that Laney. Um, p p p sounds right. Stacks, S T A X. I I it, it I can't. I don't want it cheeky in there. You know, like where it could sound like, "Hey, she's stacked." Laney. Uh, yeah. Laney sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know what? The last name is going to be True. Laney True. Okay. Laney True, uh, and then you can call them the True Stories. Yeah, you can. <laughs> Oh God! Everything's right about this. This is gonna be so much. A squared plus B squared equals murder. It's like a cross between Fifty Shades and Sue Grafton books. It's it's gonna sell like hot cakes. Probably only got about twenty five books in her before you run out of like meaningful math terms. (laughs) You're like the the let's make a deal problem. All right, (laughs) all right, Rush. Are you ready to head back to the beginning? Yes, sir. All right, my friend, here's the situation. You are approached by an idiosyncratic hundredaire who politely invites you to join him on a stroll to his modest house. Upon arriving, he says, let's sit in the backyard. I have some questions, if you don't mind. These questions have no serious repercussions. They're just for fun. Out back, you see a total menagerie. There's a goat and a lion, and you realize before you... You see all 12 Zodiac symbols in full form. He then asks you to answer his questions fairly promptly. Okay. Okay. So, Rush, pick one to banish from the world. Cancer. What's that? Cancer. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Man, I thought, I thought Scorpio was the right, but clearly cancer is... As long as you take it as the name and not the animal. Otherwise, oh, seafood restaurants are going to... Are going to... Get rid of cancer. All right, Rush. Pick one to have in your house for a year. Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, give me the Leo. I want a large cat. Okay. A lion? Yeah, sure. Tiger, whatever. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, pick one to eat. I think I, uh, 
I think I guess I can eat a uh, Pisces. Okay, great. Um, we're not. You're, he says you're not really going to do this, but pick one to fight with and two to fight against. All right. Uh, let's see. I think I want fighting with me the Taurus. Okay. Um, and I think we want to fight against uh, probably the Aries and what, like the Libra. Okay. Yeah. Libra makes Libra makes a lot of sense. You're going to give yourself a bit of a challenge though with the, uh, with the Aries, right? That's, uh, you know, as opposed to like a virgin or, uh, or a, a fish. I don't, I'm going to be, I'm going to out myself here, TJ. Don't know what an Aries is. thought it was a little dog. I think it's a ram. A ram? I believe so. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a big error. On my part. But you got a bull. I forgot Virgo is a, uh, is, is, is one. I, I'm not too Sagittarius. I, I, that's, I'm not totally sure what that is either. I think you got an archer there. Yeah. I, I, there was something that scared me about that. Taurus, I know is, is like who I want on my side. I don't want the scorpion. It's too small. Yeah. Um, and what well, is a Capricorn? Uh, Capricorn should be a goat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, as fair. long as you can take care of the scales, I'm pretty sure the bull will take care of the ramp. Oh, no doubt about it. So I think I think you put together a winning combination. It's yeah, probably not the I, easiest fight, but you put together a winning combination for certain. Yeah. I'm gonna fight against it. Justice. All right, last one, Rush. Pick three to be stranded on an island with. Hmm. And twins. Yeah, for sure, for sure, Gemini. I am a Gemini. Uh, so I'll, I'll make a clone of myself, basically. All right. Um, maybe I even get two clones of myself. I don't know. Um, I think, you know, <laughs> I guess I want a Capricorn. Okay. And I certainly, certainly, well, I'm going to hold off on Capricorn for a minute. I certainly want Aquarius, right? Like that guy may be able to get me off that island. Yeah, and and I think if we if we are to be if it's to be believed, I think you have a source of fresh water that way. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, that's that's the, that's very easy. I still probably take a, ver- a clone of myself first, but uh, Aquarius, and then and then either either uh, either Pisces or, or Capricorn. I got to eat. Yeah, well, you're you're going to be surrounded by Pisces. Uh, right, because yeah, you're on an island, so you'll be, you'll be surrounded by Cancer and Pisces. Maybe I want Sagittarius to shoot those. Uh, <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> that might be that might be the call. <laughs> All right, I, I backed into it. Thank you for your help. You bet. And then the then the idiosyncratic hundred air just says thank you and lets you wander on your way. Don't trust him. Mm-hmm. I, I prefer the eccentric billionaire. He tells it how it is. <laughs> uh, this this guy did too. He just. He, I don't know. He invited yeah. you into the experience as opposed to, to hijacking you into it. Yeah. Uh, uh, look, I mean, I, I like somebody who knows what they want. All right. We may not see this guy again. Oh, and this was all because of um, UR was URI and University of Rhode Island are the Rams. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Very good. <laughs> all right. So uh, we hope we hope you were able. Oops, sorry. Go ahead, Rush. When I when I I and then we'll try and get better by this by next episode. But when I talk, you can't be heard. So go ahead and say what you said. Oh, don't worry about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
Um, so we hope uh, for the listening audience this wasn't too, that the audio was, was okay. Thanks for sticking with us if you did. Um, Nate DeFort is going to put this together. Julie Nichols did our music. Emily Cardamus did um, the artwork. Um, if you see that when you when you go on uh, what iTunes to find this or in the podcast area. Um, and if you haven't, if, and you want to, you can you can rate and review if you like. Um, we're probably just we're probably at this point just like five or six hundred rates and reviews short of you taking on some kind of challenge, right, Rush? There's no doubt about it. So just get us five hundred more five star reviews, and uh, and you're gonna try and lose ten pounds in a week or something, right? Yeah, I'll yeah. lose ten pounds a week, no um, And if you want to get in uh, touch with us, it's here's the situation podcast at gmail. Dot com. Uh, we do we do read them all. Sometimes we can work in those scenarios um, on uh, given on a given uh, episode, um, but know that they're not they, they are being read and and considered and, and stuff like that. So thank you for those of you who uh, who write and George Moriarty. If I haven't already uh, texted a picture a picture of uh, of that uh, that uh, bracket that you wanted, then. Um, Facebook me your phone number and I'll take a picture of the piece of paper I wrote it all down. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.